1: Hello and welcome to Brothers in Tech here on the TV. My name is Alan Jackson. I am one of the two Brothers in Tech that you'll be meeting and listening to during this conversation. The other one, I'm looking across the country here via uh, video conferencing, the other brother in tech, uh, Brian Jackson. How are you doing, Brian? I'm good, Alan.
0: How are you? Another uh, episode. Yeah, okay. Yeah.
1: Another episode. I got a whole nother topic we're hopping into and uh, going to chat about. But, uh, Before we do get into our conversation about audio, and more specifically, we'll be talking today about digital music, or at least music, uh, where we are today in the world of music and how it affects us from a technology standpoint. Um, Brian, how are things going out your way? So I know there's still uh, the remnants of fires, but I think uh, those are maybe dissipating a bit. Yeah, I don't know can't, yeah, can't tell the, me where we are with that.
0: We're, we're getting better. The, the air quality certainly has improved. Uh, we got some rain the other, uh, the other day, which cleared things up quite a bit. So still have some fires, but, um, but I think, uh, I think the rain helped quite a bit. So I think we're, we're going in the right direction.
1: So good. Good. And yeah. just, you know, for those not aware, Brian's out on the, uh, the West coast, uh, he is out on uh, in the Oregon area. So, of course, uh, we've been keeping close tabs on everything. We're over here on the North Carolina side and uh, eastern side. So we only have to contend with hurricanes kind of pounding against <laughs> our coast. So uh, we got it going on both sides right now. So that's great.
0: Yep. Yep. It's uh it's an interesting time. It seems like uh, it's it's uh, we're getting a, a challenge a day, right? So that's right. Is, seems like it. Mm-hmm.
1: Well, maybe let's talk about something then today, Brian. <laughs> that may may not be as challenging. How about that? So,
0: yeah, that sounds um, great. That was
1: great. We we are starting a new chapter or a new topic area on our Brothers in Tech podcast this month. Every month we kind of tackle a different concept or different project or or, or category. Last month we talked about video, we talked about shooting video and editing video, we've done photo, we've done other technology aspects as well. Uh, this month we're getting into audio and today it's going to be more specifically music or at least uh, you know where we are in the world of music today and uh, what the role of technology is and how we listen to the music or, or obtain the music that we want to listen to. So we're going to jump into that and our show is really positioned to help... Those of you that find yourself in the brotherhood of tech, as we like to say, those of you that find yourself being called at all hours or on weekends uh, from your family members who are trying to figure out something technology-wise and are having some troubles, and you seem to be the go-to person that they call, or perhaps uh, you are that person making those phone calls and you're just wanting to become a little more self-reliant than you have in the past. You know who either you way, are. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know who you are. So either way, we're here to help and help to build this uh, this brotherhood around the idea of technology, especially as it relates to family and home technologies, kind of really where our our focus is. So digital music kind of falls nice squarely in that, that camp about home and family, because you know, music is a very personal thing, Brian. And uh, I figured let's talk a little bit first about just kind of the, the world of music today. Um, you and I are of a certain age that we have seen and gone through some different iterations of how people have listened to music and the role that technology has played in that. Um, what was your so Brian? What when you think back? I mean, you're a few years younger than me. What was the first type of music format that you really feel like you you grab, grabbed onto?
0: Uh, vinyl, vinyl was certainly, uh, let's say the the early part of my my music listening. Um, I really didn't uh, I really didn't get into the eight track. Uh, I wasn't in that that realm to where I actually we were could a own. Little,
1: we were a little too late for uh yep. for eight just a, yep. just a hair. Yeah. Yep.
0: Yep. To vinyl, you know, my I remember my first. Uh, I believe is my first vinyl record was Michael Jackson Thriller. It was either that or the chipmunks. I can't remember which one it was, but, you know, pretty much both icons, icons of the music, so <laughs> music world. Wh-
1: one of those two albums has not aged well. So uh, <laughs> the chipmunks well, what, what, got what are a, you talking about? A, the chipmunks one. got into a lot of controversy in the West. <laughs> <year. laughs>
0: yeah. So it was one of those two. I remember, um, yeah, I remember we had uh, a record player as a kid and we had kind of you know, a lot of, uh, little 45s and, and yeah, I think my first, as I said, my first 33 or the, the, the larger one was pretty sure was, was thriller, but, uh, yeah. Yep, so, that my, was me. My
1: first, uh, so my first album, I was also vinyl. I was only you know three years ahead of you. So we, we were pretty much in the same era as far as music went. Um, and, uh, yeah, my first album that I bought, uh, vinyl album was Huey Lewis and the news sports. Um, and that you know, yeah, that was my first official purchase with my own money, buying a vinyl yep. album. Yeah. Now I will say this about vinyl: even though vinyl was kind of what we started on, I mean, I I seem to remember moving to cassette tapes pretty, really fast, pretty quickly. Yeah. yeah. I don't remember. I don't remember mm. laying in the the vinyl world for too awful long. I, I think we got in the cassettes pretty quickly. Yeah. And really, cassettes are still kind of my my formative years on music. I mean, it's what I remember buying so many cassettes and having so many in my car or home stereo. So cassettes were kind of what I really, I guess, grew up on, you know, as far as it goes, really. So Well,
0: you, you, you threw me for a loop there when you, you made your answer, right? You said, which one did you buy? I didn't buy the chipmunks or thriller vinyl. I don't Mm -hmm. think I, I don't know if I ever bought a vinyl album because that was when I was really young and those were the the opposite I've gotten, but you're right when i was actually having money to purchase things myself it was it was tapes right tapes uh that's what i remember as a kind of as a, my formative years right going yeah. through and yep. and going to the record store what we called the record store but it was really to, to buy tapes and then mm-hmm. moving on to cd's uh a little later but
1: yeah cd's is where we start to kind of start to see a little more intersection with technology obviously mm-hmm. when we start to get to compact disc um you know, not only from a, a sound quality standpoint, but also the fact that you know computers, as they started to introduce drives on them that would actually play CDs, uh, mainly meant for data CDs, but of course they could also play your music CDs. That's when we started to see computers and music, at least from the consumer level, start to intersect a little bit with the CDs and with CD drives on our computers, all of a sudden now we can start digitizing our music. We can start ripping it, putting it on our computer, having it to play on our computer whenever we want. That was really a, a whole new world there. So that was, uh, for me, I remember that was a really exciting time when I started realizing, okay, finally this marriage of my computer that you know I was still very much into and using since I was a little kid, now my digital, mu- my music is actually something I can use on my computer. I can actually create my own playlist and I can do some other things I couldn't do once I got to that point with a a disc drive on my computer in the audio CD. So that got, got to be pretty exciting at that time.
0: Um, And then it, then it progressed to kind of losing that physical media at all. Right. It started to get to the point of the MP3s and, you know, starting to, to be able to download that without having anything physical that you needed to keep up with. Um, so different.
1: Well, let me ask you, Brian. So, I mean, we go to record stores now, I, call, I still call them record stores, but just mm-hmm. music stores, I guess, you know, vinyl is still, has kind of made a little bit of a comeback. I think for people that are yearning for that more, um, that more authentic feel, they're looking for that more true physical mm-hmm. piece of media they can hold. Uh, plus, the sound on vinyl is just a little more unique and kind of has a has a great nostalgic feel to it. So, vinyl is making a comeback. So, you go to a store now, a record store or a mu- music store, and you see there's a, a much larger vinyl section than ever before. Um, CDs are still there as kind of the default go-to physical media you can buy. Um, the challenge is we're seeing fewer and fewer music stores. So, you know, the idea is that so many people are buying their music online, that music stores are becoming a little more niche. They're becoming a little more uh, uh, boutique stores as opposed to any more mass media stores that sell these things.
0: Yeah. Well, I mean, the, the music store or record store, that was how you found out about new music that was coming out. Maybe you maybe you saw it on MTV or something, or maybe you happened to read about it in a magazine and you knew that someone had something out. So you went to go see what that particular, you know, album looked like or the, you know, the what what kind of songs were on it, how much was it gonna cost, all of that. So that was kind of the the way of exploring music. Well, now there's really no reason to go to a music store to explore music, right? And quite honestly, you're even limited going to the music store because, you know sitting at home, looking through a digital library and getting a sample, you're actually getting a chance to hear it and you're getting a, an opportunity for someone rather than the the hipster that's behind the counter telling you, Hey, do you like that one? You ought to, you ought to listen to this one. Now you've got lots of digital kind of recommendations that are being made. You listen to this yeah. one. You think you'll love this, this, and this. Um, that's true. but you and I talked about this and we actually listened to vinyl together, uh, somewhat recently, you know, I've gotten back into vinyl, and I and I and I I think I'm convincing myself that there's a reason that I'm doing it. Uh, I just enjoy it, right? I enjoy I enjoy forcing myself to go back into a record store and thumb through things. Um, and honestly, what I can thumb through is looking for maybe a used a used uh, record that. I remember, and I could get for a decent price and be able to, to go and listen to something that has its own pops and cracks and, you know, its mm-hmm. unique sound. To me, that's one thing I do miss is the uh, listening to music that forces you to listen to it in the order in which it was made, right? Which is yeah. what a vinyl does. And I say forcing because, of course, we could make ourselves do that on any album that we have, right? Just turn it on and make it go without random, Sure. But this is, you know, this is exactly how it was meant to be listened to initially. Well, uh,
1: and so. I think the music is also a more on vinyl is a more intentional experience. I mean, you really have to say, I'm going to go to the turntable and I'm going to put this album on. Right. And this is what I want to listen to for the next 45 minutes to an hour. And uh, it, it's, a, it's a much more of an intentional process than just, oh, just put my music player on shuffle and just play whatever. Uh, and you never have to touch it again. So, uh, yeah, it's a different experience. It is a little different sound, I think a different purpose. But um, it's kind of interesting how the two ends of the spectrum, vinyl on one end and, of course, digital uh, media that we're going to talk about streaming services in a little while, really the two ends of the spectrum. But yet those are the two that seem to be kind of existing right now for people in most 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 parts. You can still buy CDs. You can still yep. go to Best Buy. Well, not Best Buy anymore. I, I don't think they sell CDs anymore. Uh, Walmart, you know, Target, these places still selling CDs. Um, I just don't know how much longer we're going to see that. Maybe, right? M- maybe two to three more years, if I had to guess. I, I, I probably. Don't know. Um, mm-hmm. So, i it's just anything, not really a benefit.
0: The, I mean, you can't you can't come up with a real benefit as to why. I mean, for for many people, I think at one point it's like, well, I buy the CD, I can still get the digital. I can go put it in my car. I can have something physical there if you know, uh, rather than having to come up with a creative way to get it shifted around. And maybe you have that CD player, which is why would I want to buy something new to kind of play something else? But I think that's, that's starting to go away, right? The reasons why you might have those CDs are starting to go away.
1: Unfortunately, They, they minimize, but I think when we talk here in a few moments about digital music and kind of where we are and the pros and cons, I think, there are still some cons out there that I think you're going to find some people saying, mm-hmm. I still like to own a physical copy of some sort. Um, and we'll talk about that when we get to the, the, the actual state of today in a little bit, but just kind of keep that in mind. I think there are, there are some reasons, even for CDs, people would say, I want a quote, high quality digital copy of the music, but I want a physical version of it that I can pull back out and use yep. anytime I want to. So, Alan, so let me just,
0: you know, I want to make sure I, before we leave the, the vinyl world, um, I do want to make sure people understand that, you know, if you haven't gotten back into vinyl, if that's something that, you know, you look at and think it's just us hipsters out in Portland that are, that are going to, you know, the vinyl stores just because we can, right. Um, because we try to make ourselves, uh, feel important. Um, there is a, and, and of course, when I got back into vinyl, we, we got a, an old record player from a family member, and thought, oh, this is great, right? Let's go and cruise through a record store, see what kind of used records we can find from our childhood and all of that. And we never thought that we would buy new records. We never thought there would be any reason to buy new records because, you know, one, we didn't even know if they were out there and why would you purchase that? But if you haven't done that recently, um, you know, you can buy new records, new vinyl, and then also get a digital download with it so you kind of get the best of both worlds if you're someone who wants that vinyl, wants something to be able to hold the vinyl cover, you know, be able to, to look at the way it was supposed to be made, listen to it the way it was supposed to. But at the same point, you could download the uh, the digital version of it. So now you can take it with you, with your with your phone, with your car whatever. So um, and it's a little bit more expensive, obviously, if I was to download that only, maybe you'd be looking at ten dollars right, to get the whole album. We're probably looking at you know, maybe $16, $17 to get that new album with a digital download. But, you know, if that's something you're interested in. Uh, I think if there. you really
1: want the vinyl experience, but you don't want to lose the convenience of the digital yeah. files too, then that makes a really good sense to do. Um, and then of course use vinyl places are, are popping up a lot yeah. more frequently yeah. and it's fun. Uh, just because there's a great market for it right now too. So uh, it's kind of interesting. I, I do, th- I do kind of predict in the next two to three years, I think we'll see the physical CD sales, Really diminish mm. to where it's they're not going to be just everywhere any department store you go to. Uh, we've already lost a lot of the music stores, the the chain music stores that were selling primarily CDs anyway. And I think it's really going to be these boutique and used CD uh, albums that are being sold at places, and then of course the online world, and that that's kind of your two spectrums you've got. So, um, so Brian, let's talk about digital music, okay? So I mean, we we kind of led up to it, all right you've gone through the different iterations of different media for, for different types of music. But here we are in a world where a, a predominantly we are getting our music through download or streaming. Um, and I do get a question a lot of times from people that talk about buying music online. I think there is a little bit of confusion with people about the difference between buying a song or an album online versus one of the streaming services, which allows you to, uh, rent basically mm-hmm. that music by paying a monthly fee. there is some some confusion there and I, I could see why because I think uh, you know we started out on the digital music front where it was I think iTunes you know and maybe a couple of our on, online stores started selling digital music. It was really to kind of compete or at least to kind of get away from people pirating music, which is what was happening so much as so many digital files were being ripped off of CDs put up on file sharing sites and people were just, you know, downloading illegally music. So at least when iTunes came around and then a couple other online stores saying, look for 99 cents a track, you can buy your music and it's legal and you own it. And here it is. And it's successful. I mean, it really kind of changed the tide for everybody, right? Started buying music. I know I was to a point where I was already buying maybe one to two CDs a month. I'd say probably on average, you know, as just for me to listen to, So to flip to doing that on an online uh, purchase store was really not a big deal. And the cost was pretty comparable. So that worked out okay for me. Um, So that was, that was kind of the way things went for quite a while. It's just, you just buy your music, right? You want to buy a song, you want to buy an album, you know, you're there, you're there. And when you download it, uh, when you purchase it, you get a downloaded file of that, that track or song or album. So even though it's not physical anymore, it's the closest you get to physical where you can actually see the file sitting on your computer. You can move the file around, you can play it in a different thing. I mean, you own that song, you own a copy of that song to use for your own personal listening pleasure. Um, and, you know, that worked for a while. I mean, were Brian, were you a big purchaser of digital albums when they started coming out or were you kinda- um,
0: not, not a ton? I mean, music has never been a, a huge part of my life, um, so I didn't buy a lot of music. Uh, but certainly, there was a period of time of what ten years or so that you know, if you liked an album, you 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 downloaded it and bought it, uh, ninety nine cents a song or you know, ten dollars an album, something like that. So I have a good number of those. Um, but of course, as I said, I was. Uh, I was not somebody that was so keen on music that um, that I needed to own everything. So I oftentimes yeah. would do a little bit more radio and try to just have music kind of fill the, fill the space.
1: But. Well, what's interesting, Brian is during that time period that I was that we're describing right now, that time period where digital music was now available, you could buy it. I um I didn't buy that many albums or songs through that format. Now I, I was trying to re- realize why. And I think. Pricing was probably a little bit higher, you know, than what you could do a CD for. I think CDs were kind of coming down in price where I could get a full-length CD for 8 or $9. Mm-hmm. But then $0.99 cents a track, if an album had 12 tracks on it, I mean, and you, paid, you know $10 or $12 for it, um, I, I kind of preferred to have the physical CD instead and just rip it and play it on my own. So I didn't do as much purchasing of songs and albums as I guess I thought I would have when that convenience came out well um, you
0: you were the one pirating and stealing from others right
1: no i mean i didn't do i didn't do any of that brian <laughs> and no, uh, no, to whoever's all. editing this podcast i want you to take out from time code 1950 <laughs> <laughs> uh, no no of course not i didn't, no. I, didn't I didn't do no. any of that I, I bought i bought and listened to everything legally um But I think the music industry was at least going in the right direction of saying, look, we know people are pirating. So let's at least make it an option where you can get it digitally, pay the money. And, you know, maybe those people who wouldn't be pirating, if you gave them a convenient option to buy the music digitally, we're just going to let that happen. And they did. And from what I remember and what I've read, I think, I think pirating efforts they saw did decrease when iTunes and other online stores started becoming available. So I guess it, it, it did what it's supposed to do, but I mean, just like with anything with in the digital domain, I mean, pirating is still going to be an ongoing issue. I mean, yeah. just yeah. when you have a digital file that is so easy to throw up on a server or swap with people, I mean, that's pirating and that's extremely yeah. easy to do now with digital files. Um, so then, you know, we kind of went through that phase with the download of music and you actually own it. And that's the important note here is that you did own that music. If the Apple iTunes store all of a sudden said, you know what, for whatever reason, because of conflicts we have with the music distributor, we can no longer sell the latest, you know, uh, Bruce Springsteen album. You still bought it and -hmm. you still have a file on your computer that you own that is yours. So they can't come and grab that file off your computer and say, sorry, yoink, you don't own this anymore. You bought it. You own it. So that's the nice thing about purchasing digital media is you did own it. But then uh, the streaming services came. And by that, we mean the subscription streaming services where you pay a monthly fee. And by paying that monthly fee, you are now going to get all the music that's available on that streaming services library. And you can listen to it as much as you like, as often as you like, any songs, any tracks uh, for one fixed fee per month. So Brian, what was the what was the first one of those streaming services that offered that that you recall? Because I know Apple was a little was much later to the game. What was the first? Was it Spotify? Was one of the first ones? I think
0: Spotify was the the big one, the one that really opened up the ability to have lots of music and be able to choose from that music. If I'm not mistaken, yeah. I mean I know Pandora. Pandora was kind of the big, uh, the first you know, here's a way to turn this on and we're going to give you lots of music. Uh, but it was not the service to where you could go and actually say, play this particular song. Yeah. It was play this particular person or play this particular style. So it was kind of uh, uh, controllable radio, you know, is what Pandora was. And then I think Spotify was probably the first. I thought, well, Apple Music was pretty close because it started with its own, you know, trimmed down version of it to begin with. I think that started to compete with, with Spotify.
1: Yeah. I think Spotify, if I remember correctly, and please anybody can call in or write in to correct us on this. I do think Spotify was the big one. I remember that they kind of broke through and said, all right, look, you pay X number of dollars per month and here's the library we have. And you have access to that library. And I remember there being a period of time where it was a, that sounds great, but they didn't have every album. Uh, out there they had licensing agreements with certain music labels they had certain arrangements with different artists so it was a little more hit or miss i mean you could sign on to spotify or some of these streaming services but you didn't know if every song every album every musician you wanted to listen to was going to be on there or not so it wasn't a perfect solution but it was the closest thing we got to a true just pay one price per month and you're good to go now these streaming services, you know, started to kind of bat around in this 10 to $15 range, maybe, or so is what I recall them kind of being introduced at, which the idea there is that if you were buying one CD per month, you'd be paying a little bit more for the streaming service. But if you were buying two or more CDs a month, you're actually coming out better and yep. as long as those albums are available to you on the streaming service. Um I remember trying Spotify for a little while when it first came out as a streaming service. And uh, I liked it a lot, but I think it had some limited, it had some limited uh, library things for me where not all the music I would want to listen to was all on there. So I kind of had still had to use it along with my own personal music library to hear everything I wanted to hear. Um,
0: so Alan, I'm going to, I'm going to jump in and and allow the fact checker to, uh, to come in from our streaming do. services. Yes. So it sounds like the Napster was considered kind of the first streaming service, even you're though right. obviously it turned from kind of not really a monthly service to a monthly service later on, I think, which was around right. 2000 or 2001. And then you're, uh, you're
1: absolutely right. Napster started out as a file sharing service yeah. that kind of helped put a lot of. Um, accelerate a lot of the piracy efforts out there, yep. but then they did go legit and said, look, here's a service, but now you pay a fee per month and now you can have access to our yep. library. And yeah. that was yeah, short right.
0: lived. I think right um, uh, in terms of a, a business and it sounds like, uh, say YouTube was in 2005, Pandora in 2005, SoundCloud 2007. So that's kind of where those things were. But I think Spotify was probably the one that came out that really took hold uh, of, of a on-demand music, you know, music service.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Spotify is the first one I remember being able to go in, open up that app and say, Oh wow, I can just search for a song and now I can add it to a playlist. And that is, I can now listen to it. And uh, it was great. It was, and I I remember immediately as soon as Spotify did that and I started playing with it, I'm like, I love this, but I wish it was Apple doing it because um, I just don't feel like it really works with all my other uh, the rest of my computing experience it doesn't work with you know i think i had an ipod at the time of course it didn't work with those old ipods um the ipods only worked with music you loaded manually from your itunes library so you know i liked it but i felt like it was like an add-on service i had to use as opposed to something more integrated with my my digital life um now brian the big thing that i think that people there's a little bit of a misconception about these streaming services and i think we need to make sure everybody's on the same page about this um when you have a streaming service, you pay a monthly fee and that monthly fee gives you access to the library, but you do not own any of that music at all. It's basically you're renting access to a library is what it is. So every month that you pay that, that charge, and we're going to talk about the streaming services available now after the break. But uh, right now, if you pay that monthly fee to any of these streaming services, you have full access for that whole month that you have paid for. But the minute you stop paying, uh, all that music goes away. I mean, yep. there's nothing saved. There's nothing stored. You do not own any music. So the idea is that, uh, you know, you really are renting. It's like renting an apartment. I mean, you know, when you stop paying rent, you no longer have that access to that apartment. You never owned it. You just rented it from somebody. Right. And that's basically what we're doing with the streaming services. And uh, I know there's a philosophy question out there with a lot of people about whether they want to own their music or whether they're comfortable uh, renting it. I can tell you where I fall on this and Brian, I'm kind of anxious to hear your thoughts too, but this whole renting versus purchasing and whether it's purchasing a CD or purchasing a digital download, you know, this idea of ownership versus renting, where, where do you fall on that right now?
0: Well, I'm, well, I, I fall on a am kind of on the fence here, Alan. I love to own music that I am passionate about and that, you know, that I've, um, uh, that I always want access to, that I think is going to be with me for you know, a long time. I uh, see myself getting old and still wanting to pull up certain kinds of music. But I don't like purchasing a lot of it now. Right, I don't purchase music now. And as I told you before, I didn't purchase a lot of music previously, but I certainly don't go and purchase music now, um, except for vinyl. Okay, Vinyl is one thing that's different. I'm purchasing some vinyl now. And of course, when I do, I want to get the, um, the digital download if it's available. Um, but on the flip side, I have a really, really hard time shifting to the service mentality that we have. And partly because, you know, I'm, I'm someone who I want to buy my home and I want to gain equity. I don't want to sit and just rent and spit out money that I'm losing every month. And when I think of something like, uh, a music service, knowing that I'm going to want music in my life, for the rest of my life. When I start looking at something like $10 a month, I gotta think about how many months am I gonna be alive that I'm gonna to continue to pay this,
1: right? Oh my gosh, wow, you go really. I, I do. I really, start to freak out a little really bit. With this. <laughs> yeah.
0: I started thinking, well, wait a minute, we're talking about forever, right? I'm joining into yeah. this thing forever. Now, mm-hmm. if it was something that so here's I'm gonna take a step back for a second now, because I wanna get your your thoughts because I I know they're a little different than mine, but um to me, it's 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 helpful to if for people that are still kind of maybe confused about the service. Am I supposed to buy a piece of music? Do I get to use it? Do I get to download it? Do I not get to download it? Think about it as these streaming services are just like Netflix, right? You, you pay for Netflix. You get to use anything and watch anything that Netflix offers while you're paying them. At the moment you stop paying for Netflix, you get none of that anymore. Mm-hmm. It's not like you can say... Oh well, of course I had Netflix for a couple months, and I got the entire you know series of Friends. I get to continue to have that because I already paid them. No, you're you've lost that right. And someone might say, well, on Netflix you can download, you can put it on your device, you can go watch it on the run. True, just like with these services, many of them will allow you to download, you know, the a particular album if I'm going to be driving to the, to the coast and I know I'm going to lose cell service and I'm going to you know have that music. But the moment you connect back up again, if you were to cancel your service, it's gone. So yeah. I think, I think for the, for the music companies and the movie companies, they've done a great, a very, very smart thing, which is to get people to finally step back and say, I don't have to have it myself. And maybe aren't thinking as dramatically as I am about my God, I'm going to have to pay the rest of my life for this. Now with something like a movie, I don't think it matters as much for me, right? I mean, there's some really important movies in my life, but I don't think to myself, gosh, I'm not sure, you know, 10 years from now, I'm I'm always going to want to have access to that movie. Whereas with music, I could see myself always wanting to listen to a particular album, or always wanting to have a particular piece. So I, I'm probably more likely to buy a an album than I would be to buy um, a movie, unless it was kind of a really a classic movie, um, just like I did with the vinyl. But so that's hmm. that's my approach. What what is your thought? Because I think it's well, a little different.
1: I, am, I, I, f- I do feel like I'm playing with fire a little bit, but I am I am all in on the streaming service. I, I haven't bought a song or album in a few years now, I don't think. I mean, I pay my Apple Music uh, family subscription for all of my family to have, and we do it happily. We don't, uh, you know, we don't question it. <laughs> we don't complain. <laughs> we're, we're happy with it. But I, I do think, you know, hearing... Like you and, and others remind me that, hey, look, you know, yeah, I'm paying 16 bucks a month for the rest of my life. And, right. and, and if I ever decide to stop or if I ever decide to leave Apple's ecosystem for any reason, I don't really know what I would do. I don't know how I would take all the thousand plus songs that are on my favorites playlist and get them in a different format or service yeah. or whatever. Yeah. I don't really know. Right. I haven't really thought about it. And I guess Apple's kind of counting on me not thinking about it because that's the idea is that, yeah, I don't know what would happen in five years if, I mean, let's say Apple goes bankrupt and all of a sudden they say, okay, yep, we're done. We're not going to offer this anymore. I don't yeah. know what to do. Yeah. Now, granted, I'm sure there's some service will come out and offer you some way to somehow read your iTunes library or Apple library and give you the option of buying or downloading through a different service. I'm sure there will be some way to do it, but- I don't really know right now. So I, I'm going blindly and just blissfully into <laughs> it will always be available to me. These are my songs. I'm happy to have them. But if I really re- think about it, I realize that that's not correct at all. So,
0: So um, let me ask you this. Hypothetically, how much would you pay a one-time fee to have access to all music from here on?
1: Good Lord. I don't know. I mean, I really don't.
0: I mean, seriously, because I'm thinking like you said, well, what if, which would not happen in our lifetime, Apple saying we've lost so much money, we're on the ropes, you know, we're about ready to go under, but we have all of this music, right? And instead of the streaming, we need an influx of cash. Would you pay $1,000 if they said paying a one-time fee, you get access to all of our music library for the rest of your life?
1: Well, seeing as how my music library right now is, I think- 8,000 songs.
0: Yeah.
1: I mean, if you have, if you you told me a thousand.
0: Clarify, that's your music that you have purchased.
1: No, 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 no. no. When I say 8,000, that's in my, that's in my playlist. Okay. I call it my library because in a streaming service, you can add a song to your library. Okay. It's just there again, I don't own it, you know? Right. So there's like 8,000 songs that I could be listening to at any given time. Uh, A fraction of that is stuff I owned. I ripped all my CDs years ago.
0: Mm-hmm. So
1: I'd say a certain percentage of that is stuff I own digitally. The other percentage of it is stuff I am streaming and have access through the streaming service. So, yeah, I don't even know how. I mean, that's another thing is my, my music, unfortunately, has been blended between what I own and what I rent. If they shut off the service, I would be left with probably half my music. And I don't know what I would pay to get the rest of it. So um, I don't well, know so if I, now, I have this is- I have this is bumming me out to think about it. I don't know if I want to talk about this anymore. I mean, I have about five
0: thousand songs, and I do not pay for a music service. So those are those are my songs, right? Those are things that I have either from, and that's you know when we talk about how many MP3s I've purchased in the past. Well, I haven't done that much, but I had a bunch of CDs, and all those CDs got ripped to where I have you know access to those. Um, so I don't know, I think I'm just, I'm trying to think ahead, you know, with how, how is the future of this thing going to go? Is it going to continue to be a, a service? Is it possible that, you know, because if if I told you, Hey, listen, Alan, uh, you want to save some money or you want, you want access to lots of things and you don't necessarily have the money to put it out right away. Why don't you rent a house or why don't you lease a car? Right. The beauty of those things is you get access to a little bit more, you're paying little by little, but you're getting tons of access. Well, at some point you might decide, well, I don't want to pay that per month anymore. I just want to buy out the car or I just want to buy Mm -hmm. this. So the question is, you know, if you paid a thousand dollars right now for a snapshot of what they have available now, meaning you get no future music and you don't have to pay, um, or, you know, you continue to pay a service to get new music after this. It just seems like, that's the frustrating part about where this is all going for the consumer is that, you know, we're, we're getting constant little nibbles at us for $2 here, a dollar here, $5 here. And we're getting access to things. It's the rent mentality. We're getting access to lots of things that we probably can't afford if we were to actually buy them, you know, fully. Mm -hmm. Um, So I guess the question is like, how much do you really need it? And how much do you plan to, to use it in the future? And with music, it's one of those things I think is going to stick with someone forever. You know, they're going to want to have access to their music. Uh, now, me, I really got into Pandora for a long time. That was our thing. It was free. I, that was my way of getting new music. I didn't, I didn't need to have it again. I, it was like having radio, but curated radio uh, constantly. And I still love that. If I'm going to sit down and listen, you know, my wife and I, if we're preparing dinner, we throw Pandora on the Apple TV and we just listen, and it's mm-hmm. not that we go back and say, "I want to look into a particular um, a particular song," or we pull up <clears throat> on our Alexa. We'll say, "Play, you know, uh, uh, Simon and Garfunkel," and it's going to curate some different things there. I don't own any of that. I don't pay for a service for any of that. It's just pulling up kind of some interesting things that it thinks I like, um, but. There's, there's a, you know, there's certainly an an interest that I have now that if I want to access to more things, I'm going to have to kind of jump on this monthly bandwagon,
1: right? Yeah. So I I took a look to see, uh, yeah, I've been with Apple Music since it started and I've kind of just never looked back on that. So about 2013 is when I digitized all my CD collection, hundreds of CDs I had, and they are in my library, but everything since 2013 has been now added through a streaming service. So interesting. But now I'm totally just freaked out thinking, man, you know, Well, not my, only that, of you know? if,
0: I, if I really right. want to depress you, how many, how many, about how many songs do you think you uh, had from CDs? As I told I you, you I had close to about 5,000. I'm, I'm imagining yeah, you have more. I'm, I think you probably have I, more. I think it was
1: maybe like more like six. Yeah, six thousand, seven thousand of my eight thousand collection right now. Yeah.
0: So the idea is that all of that that you spent on those that music was not needed, given that you would have access right. to all of those songs now just yes. from paying the monthly fee. So someone well, else who didn't do nothing did nothing I, previously. <laughs> I got past
1: that. I got past that a while back and realized okay. that, yes, I, I could have you just <laughs> gotten the music service and never bought music before that. And I did kind of waste all that. I donated a lot of those CDs. I gave them some family members. Yeah. They're in good homes. I feel good about it. So, uh, <laughs> well, so that's, you know, I think the biggest thing on the whole streaming service is just people understanding that, you know, you do not own that music. It is a service. Now you are renting just like any movie service, any other service subscription service. When you stop paying, you lose it. There's nothing that's a remnant that, li- that stays behind. So be mindful of that. Uh, yeah, some people I talk to, I know their, their philosophy is that they buy the albums or songs that are really meaningful to them, like their favorite band. Like, hey, look, you know, I'm a big U2 fan. Like, I'm going to go out and buy the U2 album, even though I could get it on the streaming service. I'm still going to buy it because I want to make sure I always have that available. Uh, and then I stream everything else to just explore my streaming services, like my browsing the music uh, store. I just want to listen to different things, try different things. And somebody said, I might like this artist. So let me start playing that. Uh, That's a great regimented way to look at it. That's probably your safest bet, but it also does get expensive. You're having to pay both for a streaming service and for the music you buy. So there's some different philosophies at play and there's some different options for people with that. Um, Brian, we are going to take a quick break, and when we come back, I think we're just going to dig into these streaming services that are available now because it used to be there were one or two. Now there's honestly like five or six that are kind of big players in the streaming music service. We're going to talk a little bit about experiences with those and kind of what might be a good fit for different types of people. And also, we're going to end the show with our brothers in tech suggestions, which is uh, where Brian and I both have a suggestion of a program, an app, or anything else that we want to recommend related to this topic. We uh, we want to vouch for. So uh, stay tuned for Brothers in Tech. We'll be right back after this break to talk about streaming services and our brothers in tech suggestions. We'll be right back. This podcast is sponsored by Jackson Creative. A custom communication agency located in downtown Hickory, North Carolina, specializing in online content creation. To learn more, visit thejacksoncreative.com. Jackson Creative, we tell your story. Welcome back to Brothers in Tech here on the Mesh.tv, Alan and Brian Jackson with you here. We just finished our first half of the show where we really just kind of had a a conversation about music and how music has evolved over the years and uh, different formats. And now, especially how it's really intersected a lot more in the last 10 years or so with our computers and with technology. So, Brian, as we kind of wrapped up that conversation, we ended up talking about kind of where things were with streaming services, that being all the kind of the popular rage right now for people to listen to music, paying a fixed monthly fee have uh, unlimited access to the library of that particular service. Uh, you know, people can still buy music, uh, purchase digital tracks and albums. But I think we've seen a, a big shift in the way that people want to buy music to go to more of the a la carte monthly service uh, than not. Alan, so, I, got a,
0: yeah. I got a question. So sure. while we were taking our break, I started pondering this and you – you have uh, adolescent boys, you have um, two two children that I, you know, I, I, I do not. So you'd have to kind of educate me on this. But so back in our day, when you wanted to impress someone, you wanted to express your, your puppy love for your significant other. Yes. What did you do? What did you make them that you were going to give them to really show them the love that you have for them?
1: You mean other than the crocheted animals that I would? Yes, uh, obviously
0: would you gave that to everybody. But what, what right. did you? What did you really want to show that you put a lot of time and effort into someone that you had to yeah. wake up on Saturday and listen to, you know, Dick Clark and wait by the the uh, uh, the uh, stereo to record the song that you knew really expressed your love to give that, you know, that mixtape.
1: To yeah, somebody, I, right? I, I know you're you're trying to trying to get me to say mixtape, and I appreciate you setting me up so easily and cleanly like that. Yes, it was the mixtape. Yeah, and that was uh, that was the idea. Reading you're the asking...
0: sign I'm putting up in front of the screen right now that says "Save Mixtape," damn it. <laughs>
1: <laughs> That's fine. I made a mixtape for, okay. for people. Yes.
0: So, but my question is, do they do that anymore? So someone um, has a streaming service. Do they like just lazily create a playlist and share it on Spotify and say, "This is my love for you," which is ever changing because I can change this playlist at any time. Yeah.
1: But that's part of the part. That's part of the generation now. Is that yeah? They they the idea of actually, I think it's probably even accelerated a little bit from where we had it because with us, it was a much more of a we have to really kind of uh, put a lot of time and energy into putting this together, uh, and then by the time we finished the mixtape, the girl. We broke up anyway, so it didn't really matter. So then I just scratch out the name of the girl off the the tape and put in the new girl's name and say, oh, I made this just for you. Right? Um, right. No, nowadays it's more like the fact that somebody could be listening to a song and say, hey, I want to share this with someone I'm friends with or I like or Mm. I'm dating or whatever it may be. It's so quick and easy to say I want to share this with someone or I want to share that I can make a playlist and share it and you could do it in five minutes. So if anything, it kind of is, is basically what I think our generations are to now. We want to be able to do it fast, quick, and easy, Yeah. but it still has meaning to it. You know, there's still meaning to it. And I think the fact that you can actually share an individual song with someone, just say, hey, thinking of you, here's a song I, I was thinking about, and you send it to them, and they listen to it instantaneously. Hmm. There's something kind of cool about that. Um, yeah. You say
0: quick and easy. I say lazy. You know, I say, I mean, if you really want to, if you really want to express your love, you need to, you need to have to sit down and edit that tape, right? And grab that right on the radio when you hear the song finally come on and you go over there to grab record and um, know that uh, you might have missed the first five seconds of the song, but that's because of my love, because I stumbled across the room in order to record this for you. What you're Mm -hmm. saying is that literally you could say, uh click i, can say yep. Yep. I, can I love say you
1: <laughs> i like this girl i'm gonna hit this button and that shares a song with them automatically and that's all i have to do
0: and and you can actually share it with multiple people at the same time <laughs> i'm
1: gonna i'm gonna hedge my bet i'm gonna hedge my bets <laughs> and i'm gonna go and send this out to 10 with the hopes that maybe one or two will respond nicely
0: and do, yeah. you, and do you get a chance when you share, which I've never done before? Can you share that music with a note? Can you add a note that says? I mean, do you have to not make it personalized if you send it to a hundred people and say? I, I
1: think some hey, I you- think some services. I think some services let you do that. Kind of uh, share a playlist, share a song with somebody else, and oh, you can attach a note with it as well. So. Um, all that work to, that work to, that to insert name <laughs> i'm thinking of you
0: <laughs> hey right. you Um yeah. yeah really love you uh, yeah I, I, mean, I, I don't know I, I that was such a rite of passage you know that you had, yeah, to, you had to go through and work to have this playlist and it had to be meaningful right. and it had to be in order and it had to to have flow. I found one the other day that my wife had made for me when we were dating in college and it was like, wow. you know. She even taught me, she's like, that took me so long to make, right? Because one was she had to go from one tape to the other. Another one I think was off of the radio and all this different stuff. And it's like, yeah. oh, that's great.
1: Yeah. yeah these, these Hootie and the Bluefish tracks are not going to record themselves. So it's going to take some work. <laughs>
0: How did you know the hoodie was on there?
1: I I, I knew you when you were in college. <laughs> so. oh, yep, memories. I just wanted to hold my hand. So, all right. Oh, that's so nice. Oh, so, okay. So now, anyway, uh,
0: I'm sorry. now that we see that it's this is a great, efficient, but also somewhat lazy for puppy love these days. Okay. Uh, yeah. Cool. And
1: if you have some comments to make, uh, uh, if you're of a certain generation, you have some comments to make to Mr. Brian Jackson, you can be uh, <laughs> reaching him at info at themesh.tv, and I will forward all those messages directly to him.
0: So. Yeah. Yeah. Just share it with me. Yeah. That'll be easy. Mm-hmm. Just yeah, share, share the thoughts. All Let's right. Let's
1: talk about these services, okay? Because there are about I'd say, yeah, I think we've got five that we say are right now kind of the ones that people are going to choose yep. between when looking gotcha. at music services. There could be new ones popping up every day, and some of these could go shut down here in the next few weeks. We don't know, but as of right now, I think these five are pretty solid for a while. Although there's one or two of them I would be a little worried about in the yep. future. Yep. I'll just say um so brian let's let's start off uh let's talk about these services that people can now pay a monthly fee to and get all the music they want yep and what are some pros and cons there first up is apple music this is the uh, kind of right now the big mac daddy i mean it just is and, and pretty much anybody um anybody who owns a mac or an apple device or an iphone has got a immediate hook to send them to apple music they've probably gotten ad popped up, they've got uh, invitations popped up many, many times to get them to uh, sign on for the service. Um it is you know kind of I feel like more custom made for people already on Apple products. Um is it available to people on Windows and or Android or anywhere else? Yeah I believe it, is, it is. right mm-hmm. okay yeah, I believe Apple um so it's it's universal, available to everybody, but people on the Mac or Apple platforms definitely find a little more, I think, benefit with it. Right. Um, pricing wise, what it's about ten dollars a month if you're just an individual user. Yep. Fifteen,
0: um, fifteen for a family, I think, are up to. Yeah. Most of them are family considered up to what six users, I think.
1: I can get five additional users beyond yep. myself so yep. in a family, so that's fifteen bucks. I do the family plan. I am an Apple Music user. Um, the family plan to me is a good deal because all four of us use it pretty regularly. Um, I'd say almost daily we're using Apple Music, all four of us individually. So uh, it's definitely worth the money when you kind of break it down to that to that level. Um, I will and say I, Apple Music. Yeah, go ahead.
0: I was going to say, let's just clarify because uh, Apple Music, right? The music term itself is an app as well as a service. Right. So I can yeah. say I use I use Apple Music, but I use the app to listen to the music I already own. I OK, you use Apple Music, the app and also Apple Music, the service. Right.
1: Um, yep. So- You're right. Good call on that. It, it is a little confusing. You know, I, I could be an Apple user. I use the music app, but that's not, quote, Apple Music.
0: Right. Um, right and i kind of wish music. they would have kept what they had before iTunes and then make apple music be the service i kind of wish there would have been a distinction between i listen to yeah. it on you know iTunes but i'm you know subscribing to apple music and they've kind of yeah. combined those together which can be really really confusing i will also oh. say it's it's uh, there's some trickiness that apple does with this as well where if you open up apple music the app and you don't you don't have Apple Music the service, and it says, "Hey, ready to you know ready to go with Apple Music." A lot of people are like, "Well, of course, that's why I opened up the app, right?" And they're not thinking that okay, that's joining you into the service. Um, so, I, of course, I went into the settings, which I was very happy to see that in the you know general settings for your iPhone and music, you can turn off the checkbox for stop showing me Apple Music the service. <laughs> I'll let you know when I want to be Apple music. So when I join, when I go in and I'm just looking at my own music, Um, but no, I think they, well, they purposely have made it confusing because to them, Apple music, the service is, is everything, right? I mean, they want you to join into that because that is the ecosystem. That is
1: yes and no. I mean, actually I was going to say, I get, I get complications, the opposite direction where I'm an Apple music subscriber but if I could if I go into my Apple Music app sometimes, if I'm not on the right tab in the music app, if I'm actually exploring the Apple music store mm-hmm. when I'm searching for something, then I'm presented with a bunch of tracks and they all have price tags next to them, a dollar, a dollar twenty-nine, ninety-nine cents wow. a track. I have to make sure I'm back in the Apple Music paradigm to to work with. And so it's actually a little complicated the other direction too. I think the fact that they're trying to do everything under one app of saying you can buy music or you can stream your own music that you've got. And it does make it a little tricky. Uh, now I think with the latest versions of Apple music and moving away from the iTunes app, I think they've probably got it figured out now. Although I go into my music app right now, there's an iTunes store tab and there's an Apple music tab. Yeah. So if I happen to accidentally go to the iTunes store, I'm presented with a bunch of price tags to buy the music, but then I got to make sure I'm in the Apple Music tabs to be able to get my streaming service. So it's still not perfect. I for one was happy to see them move away from iTunes as an app because iTunes was trying to do way too much in one app. Yeah, it was your podcast, it was your audiobooks, it was your you know even videos and movies all in iTunes, which doesn't really make sense from a naming standpoint. Um. So breaking it out into separate apps, I was actually a fan of that. I, I like them being separate, where I can open up my music app and it's just music. I don't have to worry about podcasts, yeah. I don't have to worry yeah. about movies or videos or anything else. So, um, anyway, back to Apple Music uh, as a service itself. Uh, you know, it. When, I remember when it started out, there were a lot of uh, missing gaps in music libraries. You know, like there was a big thing about not having the Beatles for a long time. There were some other artists that did not have for quite a while and it was kind of a big thing whenever those artists came on board with the service. Nowadays I think I think it's got everything. I mean, I'm sure there's some some random things it doesn't, but for me, general common user going in and browsing for my music, I, I find everything. So I don't know of any major artists that are not releasing on Apple Music anymore. Um,
0: yeah, I think most me, sort of those copyright yeah. issues have gotten sorted out over the years because they're people buying for them now. Yep.
1: Well, and I, I, I stay with Apple music because I like how tightly it's integrated to the Apple ecosystem. I know that my music app on my phone, I can open it up and I've got access to all my Apple music on my iPad. I've got it there on my Mac. I've got the app there already. Um, everything just ties nicely together. Uh, and I'm a fan of that. So, and I think the family plan is a really good price for what you get. I'm also a fan of they've got uh, pre-made radio stations, uh, streaming stations on the Apple Music. Um, You know, there's some great, you know, I've got two or three stations I will listen to, much like in a Pandora format where I say, look, I want to listen to classic 80s alternative music and I can have that run nonstop. And it's great. And it's basically Pandora for me if I don't know exactly what I want to listen to. So uh, I'm a fan of the Apple Music service. Uh, I know some people have some misgivings with it, but I do think it's gotten better and it's pretty strong.
0: And I do think it it has gotten to the point now where you can tie it into other uh, other uh, devices. So I think even the Amazon Echoes can tap into your Amazon Music or your Apple I Music, right. if I'm not mistaken. Um, yep. So you're not as not as um, you're not as penned into the Apple ecosystem as as you used to be. You know, if you were True. jumping into Apple, um, so yeah, I think Apple Music's done it done a done a good job. Obviously, they have enough money where they can get you know the the product to uh, to last a long time. It's not going anywhere anytime soon. Uh, it's going to continue to be around. Uh, you know, we we can probably talk about the fact that there was just an announcement for. Bundling together Apple music with their other services, which is going to be coming out this fall, which I think may be the trigger that gets me to join the, the full Apple music service. Uh, I have not done it before I've, uh, I've been resistant, um, but I think having that included with Apple TV plus included with Apple news included with, um, the, uh, what am I missing?
1: Um. Um. Well, if you go uh, Apple News, Apple TV, Apple Arcade, TV, Apple, Apple uh, and fitness, Apple Music,
0: fitness yeah. app, you know all of those things. That's right. To have to have, I'm um, you know, I get nervous about lots of little picking away at subscriptions, and then recognizing that there may be some crossover. You know, well, I'm paying for this one, and I'm also paying for this one, which kind of gives me some of the same stuff. I I get nervous about that. So. When I do a break, it's going to be a full on break, cancel all subscriptions and start maybe with a full Apple one uh, subscription, which Apple is certainly happy about. All the other companies are very nervous about, but um, I think they're, they're positioning themselves really well to, to make the subscription service, you know, more palatable for people. So,
1: well, let's talk about one of those services that are a little worried about that actually came, even came out with some press announcements about how they're, Still, uh, still criticizing Apple for anti-competitive measures, especially with this bundling, and it's also a, a service. Well, I'll leave my personal for a little bit longer. Spotify. Talking about Spotify as a streaming mu- music service, we mentioned it as one that came a little earlier to the game. I think it, it predated Apple Music or, or Apple's streaming service, um, and it was kind of the the one that everybody knew of as that's that's the one you now use. It's the first really polished commercial uh, consumer level ready to go streaming service that people started getting involved with. And, uh, it's still around and, you know, it's got really high subscriber bases. It's got high, uh, consumer levels. People like it. I mean, it's a great service. I still have it. The free app installed. I don't pay for the service, but I still have it to where I could, uh, can do some of the free streaming that they allow you to do on there. Um, what about you, Brian, are you, you Spotify at all? Any experience there? I
0: have tried it, but I've never paid for it. I did use the free one for a while. Um, yeah. But, um, you know, my sense is, and you can tell me uh, more about it. So you, you've paid for it in the past, right? But you're now at that. For a
1: while. Before Apple Music started up in full, I did pay for the Spotify service. Yeah. And I liked it. I mean, again, it, was, it, it did what it needed to do. It, it had a pretty comprehensive library at the time. Nowadays, it's going to be just as comprehensive as anybody else. Um, I like the fact that it was a little more, you know, cross-platform. Everybody, it doesn't matter if it was Windows users, Mac users, they all kind of had the same app and the same experience to work with and sharing. That was the thing I probably enjoyed with Spotify the most is sharing playlists and sharing music with other people was really easy to do and fun. Um, there are still some Spotify playlists I subscribed to many years ago that I still will pull up on my free version just to see how many of the tracks I can still listen to. Uh, that other people have curated and put together, and it's so great. I know you can do the same thing in Apple Music, but it just seems a little more not as intuitive to do yeah. and not as as comfortable to do. But um, Spotify was great for sharing. I love sharing Spotify. Uh, yeah, and
0: yeah. Spotify was really known for anytime you talk to someone about Spotify, they were, "Oh, well, I have great playlists, right? I've created playlists, or I've joined on someone else's playlist." Dallin, so, can you get on those playlists if you're on the free service? Can you create a playlist? I think
1: I think you, I think you can, and I think you can see others. But to play it, I don't know if you can actually play the songs, or you can just see the list of the songs.
0: Okay. And you obviously uh, have a limitation in terms of what songs are available to you, and all of that, right? Yeah. Yeah.
1: Because yeah. if you're not paying any money, and I know Spotify would kind of balance their stuff with uh, ads that would play in between songs as well as one way to make sure that they uh, got it. Yeah, like if I open up my my Spotify account, which is free, I'm not paying for it at all. I see all the playlists that I subscribe to. Uh, people, you know, there's like a filmmaker I really like who always does a great job of picking music for his films. He builds an entire playlist that he's like said was inspiring the film, and it's great to listen to those. But if I try to play it, it will play, but I know that in between playing some of the songs, I'm going to get the I'm going to get the ad notice, or I'm going to get ads played. Right. So I can actually play them. I can still play these songs. I just started playing one right now, but uh, it's not going to give you a full play through without uh, any limitations.
0: Um, can you create your own? I, I assume not. Right. Well, because that seems to be, nope. I can,
1: can create you? a playlist. Yeah. Okay.
0: But you can only have access to certain songs to add to that playlist. I'm guessing.
1: Yeah. And I don't, I just don't know if with, with playing the songs, if it's going to let me play the whole song or if it's going to cut me off, you know, I, I'm just kind of wondering, I don't really know what the limitations are on a free account now. So yeah. So I'm sitting here playing music and it's playing just fine uh, again I I think it's a I think it's a really good clean I mean I love the interface I think it's really slick it looks nice and a lot of people use it my concern with Spotify and I hate saying this because i I fear for the world when everything's controlled by three or four companies my fear is that Spotify is the lone gun player in this whole field uh, it's not associated with Amazon or Apple or Google or Microsoft it is its own entity and uh that to me means I, my concern's always been do I want to hook up my pony to a service like this that may or may not be around or may get absorbed by somebody else or something at, at some point in the future right it's kind right. of a it's maybe not the best reason to avoid a service like this for me but it's kind of where my brain is on it anyway.
0: But but uh, on the counter argument to that, at least with Spotify, you're not buying individual songs that you will lose if you end up losing the service, right? I mean, it's not like you're going in and saying, hey, um, I'm building a library of songs that I own like you do with Apple that all of a sudden if Apple goes away, you have to now find another way in order to play those. It's, it really is kind of, you know, play with play in the sandbox while you're paying to be in the sandbox. But you know, when you leave, it's not like you're leaving a whole lot behind except for the playlist. Right. And I think that's the, that's their hook, right. Is let's get you involved in these playlists so that you're going to have an interest in wanting to stay with us. Even when these other services become appealing.
1: Yeah. I do worry though. I mean, if somebody was in Spotify and, you know, let's say there is no option to buy songs on Spotify. So then, if it was a service that went away, you really have no recourse option at all right. uh, unless you have to hop to another service and remember all the list of, of songs. Spotify, I just looked it up because, you know, it's what we can do here with the Internet here in front of us. Um, the, the free version of Spotify, music can be played in shuffle mode and you can skip up to six times per hour. But otherwise, that's it. I mean, otherwise, you can play, but... Um, if, if I actually said, I don't want to hear that song, skip it, you're limited in the number of skips you can do. And I'm almost positive that ads will play at times too. So, um,
0: and I think the download, right. So with the premium, you can download the music to take it with you offline. Whereas I don't think you can do that with the free. You're right.
1: You can't do that with the free service. Yep. So, uh, I mean, Hey, look, if you really want to get out free and you don't really want to spend any money on music, you're not such an avid music listener that you don't mind getting ads occasionally or not having as much flexibility to skip a lot of times. I mean, Spotify is still great. It's still really, really good. I, I just, I do, I do worry and think more about Spotify just as a, as a company because they obviously feel very threatened by Apple doing the bundling that they're doing and Apple's dominance in the music field right now. So, I'd be a little worried about it, but I mean, yeah, it's probably not enough of a reason not to use them if you find enough uh, attractive features there.
0: Right, right. Yeah. No, I think it has still got great, uh, great followers. And I think it's, but it is, it is scary to know that they're not connected at a higher level with uh, one of the big boys. Uh, And, you know, maybe they will. Maybe they will. Maybe they'll um, sell their library or sell their, their playlist. I mean, what if, what if they did that? What if Apple came along and said, listen, we want to buy rights to Spotify and all of your members can then import your playlist into Apple music and things like that. I don't know
1: if that's, I actually would see one of our other candidates. We're going to talk about being a better fit because uh, we're going to talk about a a streaming service in a little bit. I don't feel like has a great user interface or standalone app. And I think Spotify does have a pretty nice app system and yeah. the, the playlist mechanism, so we'll see okay anyway, no, I like Spotify. I do it's just it it just doesn't tie into all my Apple world as much as Apple music does, which is the only reason I go with Apple music and, and yeah. if it wasn't for that, Spotify would absolutely be a service I would be considering
0: and I did I did hear I think some people suggest Spotify is one of the most cross platform friendly yeah platform cross-device, you know, there's pretty much any of these devices that will allow you to connect into Spotify. So, uh, they've done a good job there.
1: So. Yeah, yeah, great. Spotify is great. Love Spotify. Well,
0: let's yeah. talk about another one, Alan, that, um, that I think also may be in trouble, uh, but mm-hmm. it's quite honestly still my go-to, and it's one of the yeah. ones I've, I've been using ever since its inception, which is Pandora. Um, and I do not pay for them, although I think at one point in time, we did pay the kind of the the plus, which was the first step up uh, in payment. It's like $5 a month, but that's where you can get rid of the ads and you can skip unlimited and all of that. Uh, But Pandora, to me, has still been one of the the best curators of music. So it's basically curated... curated, uh, types of music for you. You don't go in and say, I only want to play these people or these, this band, but you can say, I want to play this bands, the likeness of this band, and it will create a, um, uh, create a, a station for you. You can keep those stations. And once you continue to do your thumbs up on the, the songs you like and thumbs down the songs you don't later on pulling up that station, you know, that there's a really good chance that those songs are going to be Right up your alley. So, uh, so to me, I love I love Pandora. It's basically radio uh, that has been kind of uh, uh, radio for you. for you for yeah. you. Yeah. yeah, yeah.
1: I I I love the idea the concept of Pandora. It's why I listen to kind of the radio stations on the Apple Music because I love the idea of you know somebody's curated a list of songs that they think are going to appeal to me. This obviously has a lot more customization than some yep. of these other fixed radio stations do uh and for that i think it's great um i am just i am more of a I I I want to hear certain songs and certain albums and certain things so uh pandora's just never been a huge fit for me but i certainly get it why it, why it is uh for others so um uh, yeah, yeah it, i he, guess i guess the good fit for this is somebody that says look i, I i'm not as interested in you know, I have to download or I have to get this latest album by this person, or I want to only hear songs by this one artist. It's I like this type of music and I want a music service. that's going to kind of adapt to my likes and interest. Yeah. then That's what really Pandora is all about. Yeah.
0: Yeah. If you want to create a stream, uh, you want to create a music station to where you're not going to have to skip a lot and you're not going to have to change channels, right? Because of a particular song that comes on that you don't like, I mean, when you dial this thing in and you use Pandora enough and you use the thumbs up and you tell it what you like, um, after a while, you know, there's there's probably six or seven channels that we know if we start those, we'll never skip a song, right? I mean, it's just, wow. it's pretty, okay. pretty dialed That's in. So, yeah.
1: And Pandora is $5 a month for the Pandora Plus, which is ad free yep. if you want to pay. You got the free version but you're going to have ads dropping in in between songs. Mm-hmm. Or you can go up to $10 a month and that's where you can actually uh, make and share playlist. So that's kind of interesting. You can actually search for if you pay for Pandora, you can actually do some searching and actually add, you know, uh, play things on demand as well as the radio stations. You go up to the $10 a month, not only can you search and play what you want, but you can also make and share playlist. Yep. So basically it becomes a compete a competition with Spotify, Apple Music, and all those at the $10 level.
0: Um, and you uh, have the offline listening that I think becomes unlimited, which allows you to, you know, with that premium, the $10 a month, yeah. you can go offline. And and uh, yeah, so I mean, it, you know, for someone who, again, I think a lot of these services like Spotify and Pandora, they're banking on the fact that they have people with them for so long who have made their playlist made their channels and said I don't want to get rid of all that work I did before. Let me yeah. just upgrade and get some other features to join along with it. And I think it, you know, it's it's good for those people who have been involved in it already.
1: So it sounds like so far in our list there are two services that you could actually be listening to music for free. Yep. Right? Cuz Apple Music doesn't have a free tier. I mean, right. uh, but Spotify, you're free. Uh, just understanding that, you know, you're limited in the number of skips you can do an hour and some other things, but otherwise you can still build playlists and listen to other people's playlists for free. Pandora, you can do for free, but it's going to be listening to more curated radio stations that are customized for you. Um, But both allow you to listen to a lot of music for free, which is great. And then both of them can allow you to jump into a paid model where you have more control, more access, in Pandora's case, you can actually start searching for mu- music you want to listen to and adding your own playlist to have. So it's great. But it, like you said, when you entered it, it's another one I'm—I'll be a little, from a business standpoint, a yeah. little more concerned about because to me, it's a ripe opportunity for somebody to bundle their curation services into somebody else's music service. If Pandora is so well known for. Hey, I play a start a station and it's really going to get honed and customized for me over time. Uh that's a great engine and it works really well and they get so many great high marks for it. And it seems like a ripe opportunity for one of the bigger players to say, "Oh, let's let's bring in that curated music service uh uh dynamic playlist building uh and for uh, into our own service."
0: Yep. Yep.
1: All right. And again, I hate saying that you know, I'm concerned about these companies because they're independent or, or because they just are singular focused in what they do. Spotify and Pandora. But unfortunately, that's the world we live in, in the commercial age right now. And just, uh, you know, are, are they going to be able to compete with the apples and these other ones? We're going to talk about Amazon and YouTube. So, so Brian, right. Amazon music. Um, a lot of people probably don't even realize if they're paying for Amazon Prime uh, every year that they actually have uh, Apple, separate. Amazon music. Yes. They have a, a, a level of Amazon music that they can get just with their prime membership, but then they can also pay a little bit more to have a more full uh, music service as well. Right.
0: Yeah. So I'm sure everybody that's listening to us right now has also listened to our previous podcast, uh, throughout the year that we've been doing. But, uh, earlier in the year I gave Amazon music as one of my, uh, one of my bits. And, um, you know, I was one of those folks. I, like I said, we listened to Pandora. That's the way we got our music. Um, we didn't pay for any other services, and I just happened to stumble upon the fact that I had Amazon Music and had never tried it before, uh, probably a year or so ago. And um, and I really really like it, and I'm actually very impressed with a lot of their features. Um, so, you know, they've got an app that you can uh, put on your computer, one on your phone. Um, I really like the interface, you know, if it's playing uh, the, the song itself on your phone, you know, the full screen kind of navigation tools that it has with the, um, uh, the song, you can kind of get the, the lyrics to pop up, all of these sorts of things. So I think Amazon Music's great um, price-wise. If you're a Prime member, you can upgrade to that next level for $8. So they're kind of saving you maybe the $2 a month for what you're paying for a lot of these others. But it's because you're a Prime member already. Um, I think it's a little bit more maybe twelve dollars a month if you're not a prime member um, but you know at the basic level you can go in and you can search for music and you can play the music that is in their free tier so uh, a lot of times there may be new albums that come out that they allow you to listen to but certainly a lot of older albums that you can kind of pull up and just stream um, so that's great. Uh, the other nice part about this that we didn't mention about Apple music, but you know, one of the biggest benefits of Apple music is that you go to one app and all the music that you actually own is integrated with the music that you can stream. So you can do all of that in one place. Well, Amazon is the same thing. So when you buy music, uh, through Amazon, you know, let's told you about the the vinyl i've ordered some vinyl through amazon and when you order their vinyl their new up vinyl you also get their digital download so it becomes part mm-hmm. of your amazon music so mm-hmm. now you have this integration of well i have access to that because it's my music and i have access to these other things because it's available as part of the free service We do not pay for the upgrade. Again, I'm a little stingy on all these. I haven't paid for any of these services, um, or at least I've done trials of all of them, but I I haven't committed to anything. Um, uh, But, you know, Amazon Music is great. It goes back again, Alan, when you and I talked about streaming TV services. We mentioned we're not getting rid of Amazon Prime because... We like the, the fact that we're always going to pay for Amazon and have the free shipping. So uh, this is one of those that I, I know I'm going to have for a very long time. So it's tempting to spend $8 a month to get the better service of that, as opposed to $10 a month for paying for one of the others um, yeah. and duplicating what I already could be getting for a little bit less. The problem is you're really, you do need to kind of commit to this whole ecosystem you know, mm-hmm. Amazon books and Amazon music, and you've got your, you know, your Amazon dots and all of this stuff. And if you're interested in doing that, Amazon music is, is, is great. So I've been, I've been incredibly impressed with it. Um, Good. it's just, uh, it's, you're not able to import the music that you have from CDs, or at least I haven't, maybe I haven't tested that. Uh, but I know what I
1: had to do in those situations, I think is, is, uh, convert them you know i was ripping the 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 cds on my computer so all of them were in my library my itunes library on my computer there was an app or a tool i know like an amazon downloader or something like that or uploader that would actually allow you to take those files and upload them into your amazon music account so you can do it all All the music you have locally Um, and that's actually just pulled up amazon music i haven't done that in years and a lot of my music, I've still got 1800 songs up in my music library that were uploaded at some point in the past. Um, so, yeah, again, I you know, as we go through these, you're seeing there's not a lot of differences. We haven't even talked about like interface or play quality because they're all really pretty good. I mean, they all do what they're meant to do. Really, the differences come down to just price and they come down to what type of uh, platform it best integrates with. And then you know if you if you are concerned about it you know who who's the big who's the big name attached to it and are are they going to be here for the long haul? Um, which brings us kind of to the last one we we're going to mention, which is YouTube Music. A little caveat here to mention is this used to be, I think it was called Google Music before, Google wasn't it? Music. Yep. Mm-hmm. Google Play Music or something to that effect. Yep. But now it's just moved into YouTube Music. They've just kind of gone all in on the YouTube brand. Um, Assuming that that, you know, people who are already on YouTube, watching music videos to listen to music on YouTube is a huge thing that a lot of the, especially younger generations do. Uh, I'm a surprise at how many people I talk to that say that, you know, when they want to listen to music, they go to YouTube and will play music. It just happens to have videos attached to it, whether they watch the videos or not. That is how they listen to music nowadays. I have and, never, uh,
0: I have never done yeah. I've never even thought to do that, but
1: yeah. You know, I, my kids have done that. I mean, sometimes I'll just go and in, in, when I go to talk to them and they are got a, their laptops playing a YouTube mix or YouTube uh, playlist of music. And that's how they're listening to music. Um, so I think YouTube kind of saw that and said, look, we need to really go ahead and just brand our music service or Google saw that and brand. Then we need to brand our U- music service with the YouTube name. Yep. So that's now what it is. It's uh, YouTube music, music.youtube.com. And, uh, again, very similar story we're going to roll out here is that they're going to allow you to have, uh, different levels. You got a music premium, or you can just upload your own music and kind of have a, 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 some sort of a free tier as well. Um, like if I go in right now, it lets me kind of pick artists I like, and it's going to try to kind of customize the experience a little bit more for me based on what kind of artists I say I like. Um, I'll be honest. This is one I've probably had the least amount of experience with. Uh, I did play with it when it was Google Play. I know I had music in that library in the Google Play account, but uh, I don't know since they've switched to YouTube Music what really any differences there are in functionality or cost or account levels or anything else. Um, Brian, I'm assuming you also not a lot of experience with YouTube TV.
0: No, not a not a ton. Uh, with me, yeah, YouTube um, Music is. Something I oh, have sorry, YouTube tested. Music.
1: Yep. It's, yep. Sorry, yep.
0: not tested that at all. Um, and uh, I mean, I think it's it's one of those that when we talked about the concerns we had with Spotify and Pandora earlier, you don't have you don't have those concerns with Google necessarily or with YouTube. They're going to be around. Um, and given the praise that you and I have had for YouTube TV, I certainly could see some bundling that I would love to see happen in the future, given how much I love YouTube TV, you know, to me, if, if there was a way to kind of get the services all together, you know, Google starts to, to kind of package these um, that could be tempting. Um, you know, if it allowed me to get music uh, while also getting the YouTube TV, I, I might be interested. Uh, now, again, you're right.
1: I, I didn't even think about that, but you're right as much. I, I'm like you, I'm a huge fan of YouTube TV. If there was some sort of better bundle, that that would be interesting. I'm not saying I would go and dump Apple Music for it, but uh, it would at least be something worthwhile checking into for sure.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. yeah. So I think uh, I think it's it's one that'll be around. It's probably an extra, very similar to what Amazon Music has done. It's like, well, we've got people. Let's give them a little extra so that they continue with our service. And I think they'll continue to build that. And they've certainly got the money to do it. Yeah. Um, so, uh I see it's as as potential uh, uh benefit there now, normally, we would say, I think we've said in the past on lots of these services like, well, if you're in this ecosystem, this is a better option for you. I'm not sure I can say that about YouTube music right now that oh, if you're in the Google Home ecosystem that this is better for you the The assistants like Google Home and Alexa, they end up having. All of these built in or a lot of these built in. You know, I was just doing a quick search for what are all the mm-hmm. services that happen with Google Home. Well, you can use YouTube Music, obviously Spotify, Pandora, Deezer, uh, TuneIn, iHeartRadio, some of these others. Uh if you're in the the Amazon dot world or Amazon Echo, you know, you get Amazon Music, Apple Music, right. Deezer, iHeart, blah, 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 Pandora. So I mm-hmm. think they're they're able to build a lot of these in so that you're not stuck they don't want to you know right right mm-hmm. you want to, to lose certain uh, clientele possibly but i will say the the one that seems to be kind of obvious there though is that if you've got a google home you're not going to be using amazon music and if you have as amazon dot you're not going to be using google home those were not included in their list so yeah, those, yeah, they're, they're still competing
1: yeah. seems to be a little bit of a rift there for sure yeah um yeah I think you know the thing is we we've listed out five different services that twist my arm i I could go with any of them you know if i if I wanted to have a full streaming service it sounds like all all of them in my mind are opportunities or I'm not gonna say there's anything wrong with any of them. I think it really kind of boils down to what work, What plays best with uh, the, the rest of your equipment or musical devices or operating system or whatever it may be? Uh, I think cost is a little bit of a factor, but they're all within a few dollars of each other per month. To me, Brian, the biggest deciding factor I would have if I had to like choose a new music service, if I, let's say, got completely separated from Apple Music and I had to start over, it would be for me, who do I want to be sharing music with or having them share music with me? And what service are they using? Because that is the one thing with Apple Music. I do feel like even though there's so many people on Apple Music, I still feel like I'm a little bit on an island where I know there's some ways to share music, but it just doesn't seem quite as intuitive to do it. So I do feel like I'm listening to everything on just on my own. Where with Spotify, I do feel like it's a much more I'm following a lot of other people and I'm sharing playlists and they're sharing their playlists with me and it's a collaborative thing. So to me, I think, I think that whole sharing is something you really ought to keep in mind when you talk about what music service you want to invest in, is what's one that's going to play with other people if you want to have that interactivity with other, other users.
0: Mm-hmm. And then also I also think another factor, which I think only really works with maybe three of these, is, is if you have a large library already of music and you want this to be integrated with your music service experience. I mean, you can certainly do that with Apple music. Sounds like you can do that with uh, Amazon music. And I believe you can also do it with YouTube music where you can upload your own music that you already have. So if you have tons of CDs ripped and everything and, and your music experience wants to be kind of integrated with all of this. Now you might be asking, why would you right? if you have all of this music before, but if you're paying for service where you have unlimited access to everything, Uh, you know, that's probably a good question, right? Why would you? But if you're someone who already has maybe your own playlist with your own music and you want to have this kind of integrated experience, um, which as you mentioned, can become confusing. uh, Mm. But uh, if you want that, you're probably going to go with one of the big boys there um, to be able to do that. So.
1: Well, there are some other services out there. I mean, Brian, we're not going to really spend any time on them just because again, it's, these are the five that I think they're going to be around long haul. Now you've got title is one that has been around for a little while, made a lot of waves. I think early on when it was trying to fight against Apple music and Spotify by trying to give some more artists exclusive, um, songs and albums, but within a short amount of time, those albums and artists also showed up on Apple music and Spotify and other places. So uh, I just don't hear a lot about title right now. And, uh, you know, not to say that it's not worth checking out if you are curious, but uh, I haven't heard anything worthwhile co- to consider that as a as an alternative for somebody. Then beyond that, I uh, I don't really yeah, know yeah. of any others that I would recommend.
0: Teaser, you know, is one I think is a little bit more yeah. indie based, right? Or at least they right. they tend to kind of promote that. Um, yeah, I mean the others. The, the others are all niche. I mean, I know there's a couple out there that are classical based, where they're you know they're kind of focused on a certain type of music. Yeah. Um, and I'd say if yeah, you're good- if you only listen to a particular type of music, you may be able to save yourself some money per month by going with a service that is going to be geared towards that. These are all the services that pretty much touch all those those gamuts. Um, so, yeah, so. and that is
1: a good point to bring. I'm glad you brought that up. Is that yeah? We've been talking about the ones that are very broad in all musical categories and all yep. musical styles but yes if there are certainly uh, services that are more custom made for a particular genre or a little more specialized and us not mentioning that is not a slight to them in any way it's just not anything we've had any experience with but i know classical music i know more independent alternative music uh, more local regional music there are different music services that really specialize in those these five we mentioned are really about I want access to all the broadest selection of music possible. And that's what they're really meant to give you. So. Yep,
0: yep. And we didn't mention things like Sirius and XM, which are kind of a different category of of streaming service, right? They're basically saying stream our stations, our radio stations, but there's no other you know, custom, customization other than that. And they were big in no, yeah. a 10, 20-year period there where people were yeah. – getting them in their cars and everything, but that's uh, that 's not necessarily the case so.
1: there 's more uh, there 's no interactivity with those is what we 're saying yeah. if they were truly a linear experience just like traditional radio was so
0: and I did a search yep. Alan and there is no 80s hairband service where I can pay a little less and only get 80 s hairbands because um, that one would that one would sell me you know they have the classical but
1: well, I can oh, just share with you the awesome, amazing playlist I've created of eighties here in metal bands um, and just share that playlist with you. And maybe that's just becomes our private radio station fantastic, there. Fantastic. Yeah. Well, let's right, talk. Well, you need to hop on Apple music and we'll do that then.
0: So. <laughs> All right. Well, is there Listen, any that, uh, to, to bring up anything, anything else, Alan, that kind of put a, put a cap on this?
1: Not really. I think the only thing I was just going to mention that, um, If I can just do a quick little soapbox, it's very, very short. Uh, Just something that I I do want people to be aware of with the streaming services. And this is going to happen on, could happen on any of them. It has happened with me on Apple Music uh, quite a number of times. Because you are renting or streaming somebody else's library, it's very possible that their system could mismatch your song with another version of that song. So, for example, I go into Apple Music. I say, look, here's... uh, uh, the church doing Under the under the Milky Way, a song I really like. And I, I say, add it to my playlist, and I want that song to be in my playlist I listen to. I go listen to it a few weeks later, and all of a sudden, it's now when I play it, it's a live version of the song, which was not the version I added to my library. I got to remember, it's not my song. I don't own it. I'm basically renting and streaming the song from them. But because of that, it does mean that sometimes I find mismatches on uh Sometimes it'll be an acoustic version of the song instead of the full version that I added. Um, and I don't. I think it's more of a, a bug than it is a something Apple's trying to do with their music streaming service. It's just their whole library. They're just quickly on demand saying, oh, he wants to play this song where I'm going to go find in our library that match. And sometimes the match may have the same artist, same name, just a slightly different variation of the song. So that's a little annoying. And that's another reason why, you know, if that kind of thing would drive you insane, you probably want to maybe think about more buying music and having the actual vault version that you know you're always going to have locked in. So a little caveat to kind of deal with if you're you're living a full streaming world like I am right now. Uh, It can happen. It's a little annoying. You know, we live with it. So, yeah.
0: And there's really no, you're not, when you sign up, you're, there's no guarantee, right? So if you, if you put a couple of songs into your library, um, and then the next week they happen to remove those songs from their own library for some reason, some copyright reason or something like that, there's really no recourse, right? I mean, you're, you're basically saying I'm paying for whatever access, whatever music you're allowing me to have. And, um, so that's another thing with streaming, obviously, as you mentioned, if you're totally into that song and you know, you're always going to be into that song, well, you can buy it. And then now you have it, no matter what happens to that streaming service, you have, you know, a, a version of that. So, yeah.
1: yeah, I think we've talked about digital music more than I knew I could possibly talk about digital music, but it is something I will say I'm, I'm it's a little more of a, a, a personal and emotional connection thing. So I know people are going to be very, uh, have very, very strong opinions about how they listen to their music and sometimes people are very, very proprietary with what type of service they use and how they curate their playlist and how they play them and share them. So I just, you know, I think it's important that we did talk about it and let people know that there are options out there. I guarantee you there's probably some people out there that have just used whatever the, the default music player that happened to show up whenever they got their music device or headphones or anything else. It's just understanding there are other services, there are other platforms, and then there's also even alternative ways to still listen to music besides the streaming services that we just profiled. So, um, Brian, I think we're done chatting about this. So, how about let's move on to our patented part of the show? This is the part of the show that I think you know, we get the most feedback about, wouldn't you say, Brian? People uh, just for sure. Really yeah. wanted to talk to us about our brothers in tech suggestions.
0: They are on the edge of their seats for sure.
1: Yeah, They've been sitting through an hour and a half of talking about digital music and us scientific, us going down memory lane, just talking about what we do with music. They really just wanted to get to our, our brothers in tech suggestions. So here we are. Brian, you and I both come up with one you know, item, device, website, gadget, whatever it may be that we want to recommend based on this topic. Brian, what is your brother's in tech suggestion this week? Uh,
0: well, my bit for this week is going to be um, to make a mixtape for your loved one. And uh, no, I'm kidding. Um, <laughs> I wish that was the case. Uh, actually, um, so up to this point, we talked about services that are strictly to play music. Um, I wanted to, to bring up another service that I know a lot of people have heard of uh, and probably have used in the past. Uh, it had kind of its heyday probably you know, ten years ago, um, Shazam, and Shazam's a service that uh, allows you to recognize what music is playing. So it is a listening app where, if you were to pull the app up and say, you know, tell me what song is playing right now in this in this bar that I'm in, because uh, I really love this song, but I don't have any way of figuring out how uh, how to listen to it again in the future. Shazam will recognize it's got obviously a, a huge library of sounds and understands beats and understands vocals and kind of recognize which song this is. And when it recognizes that, it'll let you know what uh, what song it is. And then I think it's even connected now to where you can then say, go and let's download that, right? I want to pay for it. I want to use it. Um, Shazam has been bought by Apple recently. Um, and what I just, just this week, one of the reasons I brought this up was just this week, uh, updated my you know, my phone to iOS 14, which just came out. I know, Alan, I think you have as well. Mm -hmm. And I was playing around with some of the, uh, the automation, uh, tools within iOS. Um, and what I noticed is one of them said Shazam on it. Well, I don't have Shazam on my phone. I don't have that app on my phone. So I added that little, uh, um, that automation to, uh, my toolbar and sure enough, Click on it and it starts running Shazam in the background, even though I don't have that service. So it's now built into iOS. I think it's starting to come with iOS 14.2. I think it's going to be fully built in as a uh, uh, as an option. So Shazam will be part of of iOS uh, going forward. But it's a really cool tool. I mean, the, the number of times uh, my wife uses it a lot, where you know we'll be out somewhere and she's like, "Oh, I love that song." You know, here you go. Let me figure out who that is, so that she can. Uh, uh grab it and and make note of it to play it later. So, uh Shazam, if you haven't used it, it is an app uh, that you can download but again, if you're on uh, uh an Apple device, it'll be something that'll be built into your operating system very shortly.
1: Yeah, Shazam, I love Shazam and it's on the home screen of my my phone right now because sure enough, I'll be somewhere and I'll be like, "All right, I got to know what that song is." Uh but it has led to some of my more embarrassing moments because sure. um I remember one time in particular, there was a song I heard. I, I was at a restaurant, and when I went into the restroom, the music was, was playing clearly in the restroom, and I really liked the song I was hearing. So I'm standing in the middle of the restroom, holding the, the phone over my head as close to the speaker up there as I can so Shazam can hear it and identify it. And of course, when people walk in, it looks a little odd, and I, especially when I tell them, to, shh, be quiet. Shazam's trying to listen to the song. Um,
0: and it tells it, you it, the you song. Know, you know, flush, flush in the background or something.
1: (laughs) Basically my family knows if they see me just holding my hand up with my phone up in the air is basically I'm trying to get Shazam to listen to the song in that place where we are. So yeah. Um, all right, good, good pick. And yes, I am excited to see what Apple's going to do with building it into the OS here in the next couple of versions. Um, so we've been talking, Brian, about music all, all the time. And, and, you know, between music and podcasts, that covers a lot of my listening habits. But there's one area I still do like to listen to um, that's a little unique. And that is, you know, if I want to hear things that would be on TV or news talk type of uh, programs. And but yet I let's say I'm driving and I obviously can't watch, you know, 24 uh, hour news uh, channel while I'm driving or if I'm working and I just want to be able to listen to it, but I don't want to actually have it watching. I have YouTube TV for my TV service and I can watch that anywhere as long as I'm in a comfortable place to watch. But if I just want to listen, I've actually been using the tune in app. That's the T U N E I N app on my phone. That is my app I go to when I go to the gym or if I'm driving or in any other way where I can't watch something, but I do want to hear the news. Uh, you can actually subscribe to different stations. So the idea of you know, MSNBC, CNN, Fox News, CBS, all these places are channels that you can then subscribe to. And when you press them, you are actually listening to the live broadcast of those channels, um, but just the audio only. So it's great if I'm driving and I do want to listen to one of the news programs or I know something's on uh, TV on the news that I want to listen to a press conference or announcement or something. But obviously, you don't want to pull over and watch it on, on TV. Uh, it's great. I can just uh, pop up the TuneIn. TuneIn is free at that level. There is a premium level of TuneIn, but I use the free version on my iPhone, and uh, it's great because it's easy. I can kind of pre-save my uh, the channels I like to listen to. Now, for sports, it's also kind of nice that uh, if you are a sports fan and you have teams or certain sports you want to follow, you can also listen to the broadcast of those sports uh, through the TuneIn app as well. So it's different than podcasts where podcasting is you're going to download it and listen to it later after it's been recorded. This is meant for really live uh, listening into things that are happening now. And uh, it's just great. It's great at the free level. I, I know the premium level will add some functionality. I'm not really sure what. But again, I found everything I needed with the free one. Yeah, you get ads piped in quite a bit. Uh, during when the ad breaks would be in the TV channels you're listening to, so it's not that disruptive for me. I'm kind of used to it, but uh, I do love the TuneIn app and uh, that functionality there. So that's my recommendation.
0: Nice. And there yeah. is a there is a free level, right? Yes. Okay. Oh yeah,
1: I have not paid a dime for it. I get ads. I mean, but I mean, get, uh, just about any TV network you listen to, there's you know, every 20 minutes of programming, there's 10 minutes of ads. So I'm kind of used to it. But when the ads from the network are playing, you're going to hear ads that tune in as piped in. Okay. Um, but I nice. haven't found it to where it covers up any of your live content, actual content you're listening to, uh, with ads. So
0: nice. Yeah. Yeah. Right. I tell you that's just on a side. That's one thing that I, if if the people who run YouTube TV are listening, uh, if they would just allow a uh, audio only stream, Agreed. I would be Agreed. so, so happy because there's so many times, whether it's a ball game, whether it's uh, a news that I'd love to have going on in my, <clears throat> my, uh, car. And I do, but of course I put it to the side so that, you know, mm-hmm. I'm not wearing it. It's draining battery and all of that. So, uh, if they could, if they could build that in, I would be incredibly happy. So
1: I'm totally with you. And that's exactly where I use tune in radio, uh, tune-in app to do because, uh, yeah, I just, uh, I, I need that audio only. And, um, uh, that's the way to do it. All right. All right, Brian, we have gone a really, really good long time talking about music and audio. And here, I thought this would be one of our shorter episodes, but man was uh, I wrong. Man, little, little uh, do you know. So if you are still with us, thank you. First off, <laughs> um, well, sorry. We didn't, prov- well, we did provide one bathroom break early on. We had an ad break that people could have used. Um, Brian, if somebody had some kind of feedback for us, some things they wanted to share, some thoughts, questions, ideas about anything we talked about, how can they go about getting a hold of us?
0: Yeah, send us a, send us an email at info at the info at themesh.tv. So if you uh, happen to be a uh, music subscription developer and want to come up with that Hairbands radio uh, subscription uh, for you know ninety nine cents a month, uh, let me know because I'm the one that will uh, subscribe to that. Um, and, uh, tell us what, uh, what you use uh, in terms of music subscriptions, pros and cons suggestions, uh, and then specifically what are some uh, topics you want covered in the future so that we know where to, to go, uh, with our future, uh, future, uh, monthly, uh, topics. So let us hear from you info at the mesh.tv.
1: And speaking of that, we do have three deep dive episodes following up this main one each week. and uh, we're going to be talking about, um, As we go into like more personal listening devices, like you know, headphones and car audio and even playing through your audio through your own devices. We'll have one that's gonna talk more about home audio systems, kind of more. I really want to pump a lot of sound and music into my home into a larger space. And then we'll do a a final deep dive, which is actually gonna talk a little bit about making music at a very, very basic level. Neither of us are, are musicians, but at least we know enough about how to start the idea of creating some music and the tools available to do that. So that's going to be our deep dives over the next few weeks. We hope you'll join us for those as well. And with that, I think we're done and we're going to go and wrap it up. So for Brian Jackson and I'm Alan Jackson, the brothers in tech here. Thank you so much for listening. I hope you enjoyed the conversation and let us know if we can uh, be helping you out with anything going forward. Thanks everybody. Bye-bye.